do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the drunk waves crashing against a drunk bay. But it's not just any drunk bay. It's a drunk Baywatch because this is a drunk Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Drunk Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for one man who is drunk and another one who probably maybe be... Whoa, maybe isn't. <laughs> I've never watched Baywatch before. And then try and watch Baywatch. I'm drunk, Michael Eisen. And I'm one and a half beers into the night, Morgan Thrapp. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, it sounds like this is then a special episode for two reasons, uh, which is one that I believe this is the first time you've been drunk for an episode, Michael. And yeah, um, definitely the first one for me. Wink. Um, wink, wink. But more importantly, we've got a brand new guest on the show. Someone who has never been here before has managed to avoid the curse this long, but <laughs> curse draws everyone in. And so, Tristan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you don't have to lie. Ain't no lies here. <laughs> okay, I'll accept that as truth. I'll assume you're not lying. <laughs> So, Tristan, before you watched this episode, what was your history with Baywatch? How much of it have you seen before? Uh, probably exactly zero seconds. Nice. Fun fact, fun fact, I did actually show this episode to Tristan about a month ago. I uh, I was hanging out with Tristan, and I said, hey, do you want to watch the episode of Baywatch that you're going to do? And he said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and we had been watching, like, YouTube videos and stuff and watching One Piece and so we watched this episode. Tristan, do you remember your reaction to the first time you watched this episode? Um, no, it was kind of like a fever dream, and <laughs> I may still be processing it. Yeah, that's fair. That's every episode of Baywatch. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you would want to watch more Baywatch? Um, well, you know, we'll see how this podcast goes. And I'll think about it. I mean, my, my schedule's pretty crazy, but... Without the podcast, but without being on a podcast, would you watch more of this show? Oh, um... It's okay to say no. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I'll go out of my way to watch it, you know? Good, good, uh, good. Maybe I'd go and find select episodes that sound really interesting and watch with some friends. Yeah, me. Okay, so me. Yeah. Okay, I got. I got it. I I know what you're you're putting down. Okay, great, great. Look, Baywatch. Baywatch isn't the most. It's not the Wire. This is right? true. Imagine if Baywatch was the Wire, though. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. It would be weird, given how white Baywatch is. Right. I know. <laughs> well, look. There's like a white character in Baywatch. There's uh. There's the Italian guy you can't stop shooting kids. Yeah. There is the white guy who can't stop getting angry. There's just a lot of white angry people in the in the wire, isn't there? There there really are, yeah. Which honestly amazing for the wire is like one of the few shows where it's like all the white people are angry. All the black people pretty level headed. Yeah. Like the only that's show <laughs> where that's the case. Yeah. Uh, speaking of level headedness, this is Baywatch Season 4, Episode 9, Iron Man Buchanan. Great episode name. And this was written by David Braff, no relation to Zack. Directed by Douglas Schwartz, aired November 8th, 1993. Let's talk about some guest stars. Mm -hmm. First off, we have 
Morgan, I want you to rate this name. I think you're going to love this name. Okay. Ready? Chip Hipkins. Ooh. Oh, that's very good. Chip right? Hipkins. I love it. Amazing name. Uh, Chip Hipkins plays an uncredited role as Boat Captain. And you may know him from having an IMDb profile pic that I'm pretty sure is just Steven Spielberg. I don't think this is actually <laughs> Chip Hipkins. It look, you have to look it up. It looks exactly like Steven Spielberg. Huh. I, I am not convinced it's not Steven Spielberg. But next up, we have Therese. Ter- I guess it's Therese Cablin. Therese Cablin, who plays Rebecca. Who is Rebecca? I have no fucking clue. But <laughs> Rebecca, you may know her from playing Lotus in one episode of the one season Married with Children spinoff, Top of the Heap. Now, sure. Morgan or Tristan, have either of you seen Married with Children? No. I have seen it so long ago that I can barely remember any of but, it. But you know you've seen it. Yes. So that's that's already a step above Morgan. So uh, I'll take it. Uh, Morgan, uh, do you know what Married with Children is, Morgan? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. It's Ed O'Neill. Okay, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what Ed O'Neill's famous for. Um, so they had the show was really popular, and they ended up having shows like it where there was a character who was on the show previously, who had an episode where they uh, was a young kid who skateboarded with Hobie. Do you remember this? And she was a uh, she was a main character on a show that was kind of a ripoff of Married with Children. Oh, okay. Um, but this show, uh, Top of the Heap, is a spinoff of Married with Children. And there were three attempted spinoffs of Married with Children. And this one season, seven episode show is the most successful of those spinoffs, <laughs> which is wild. And it stars uh, Joseph Bologna, Bologna, I don't know how to pronounce Italian <laughs> names. Uh, it also stars a Mot- uh, Matt LeBlanc, oh. Joey, Lord and a- Joey Lauren Adams, and Rita Moreno. Wow. And it follows the minor characters of Charlie Verducci and Vinny as they try to get rich. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, why did this show get canceled? Tristan, why do you think this show got canceled? Um, it probably got low ratings. Morgan, why do you think this show got canceled? Uh, I'm going to say that they got divorced, and so the title of the show they spun off from was no longer accurate. And as everyone knows, that's the most important part of any spinoff. Well, you're both wrong. (laughs) It actually got canceled because it it got its own spinoff. Oh, God. (laughs) So this one season... Seven episode show got its own one season spinoff called Vinny and Bobby. And this stars Matt LeBlanc, Damn. Joey Lord and Adams and Robert Torrey, who was known for playing Jesus in the stage production of Reefer Madness, as well as that's Greece. a great sentence. <laughs> right. As well. You're going to love this, Morgan, mm-hmm. as well as his Tony nominated role. As Greaseball in Starlight Express. Oh, hell yes. 
Uh, though I'm, I'm still trying to some, process that Jesus gets, is in reefer madness. It gets better, Tristan. You may remember him as the father of Zack and Cody in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Never actually saw it. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, c- clearly you didn't watch enough Disney. Um, True. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's that's fair. That's I mean, that's absolutely fair. Though, here we have some important stuff. We have to now talk about Lisa Stahl. Lisa Stahl in this episode plays Destiny Desimone. Now, you don't oh. actually learn her last name in this episode. Yeah. You just hear her name as Destiny. Now, do not worry, my friends. We will see much more of Lisa Stahl in this podcast. Much, oh. much more. Because, one, she has a named role, not as Destiny, in three episodes of Thunder in Paradise. Wow. And... Destiny is a recurring character in Baywatch Nights. Oh man. Does does like, she is she gonna do like psychic crime solving or something? Tarot crime solving. Ah, oh, beautiful. She's in like eight episodes or nine episodes of Baywatch Nights? Like <laughs> I I I must imagine Mitch is like, who's the one person I know who's into ohm shit, mm-hmm. and it's Destiny, and uh, so I I don't I don't know, but like she comes back, anyways. All right, you may know her from being in the Thirteenth Year. Do you know the movie The Thirteenth Year? I do not. Tristan, do you know this movie? Nope. This is a Disney movie. This may ring some bells. It's a Disney movie. When the main character thir- turns 13, he finds, out, he finds out that his birth no- whoa birth mom, which I originally wrote in my notes as birth moth, which is much funnier, <laughs> was a mermaid. And therefore, he is a merman. So on his 13th birthday, he starts exhibiting merman qualities. Okay. Like, like adhesiveness? Classic merman quality. Um, very quick in water. Classic merman quality. It's actually, uh, I, I don't hate this movie. I, I, I kind of like it. I might know. have actually seen it. I, exactly. I, now that you're mentioning it, it's like coming back to me like some sort of long lost right? memory. Here's the thing about Disney movies. A lot of the 90s and early 2000s Disney movies are at age 13, you become a thing. So at age 13, you become a merman. At age 13, you become Irish. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, at age 13, you become a leprechaun. Same thing. (laughs) You're Irish, and therefore all Irish people become leprechauns. Am I right? Uh, I don't know. I like the idea that at 13, you become Irish. Do you you know this movie, Morgan? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's called Luck of the Irish, and, like, the ending scene... So, the movie is, like, the guy figures out that he's a leprechaun when he makes every three-point basketball shot. Oh, beautiful. And the ending of the movie is him with, I kid you not, like, flamey spike tips. Sure. Singing, This Land is My Land. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a bunch of other ethnic people. Oh, oh my and god. And he's supposed to be as ethnic as like the Indian woman and all these other people oh, are just like boy. hey, 
look, we're all ethnic here, right? I'm Irish. And then he like river dances. Oh my God. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Uh, anyways, you may also know Lisa Stahl as Marine Park in Tough and Deadly, ooh. a movie starring Billy Blanks and Rowdy Roddy Piper, where Elmo Freach, great name, great name, right? Is a private investigator and was uh, and was contracted by the equally good named John Portland. Ooh. Very great name. A CIA agent who suffers amnesia in order to reveal a dubious case of drug smuggling in which are involved big fishes of the CIA and from Washington. Wow. All right. I, Sounds amazing. I, yeah. I see what you did there. Big fishes of the CIA. Hmm. Oh, I didn't. That was INDB. I didn't figure. I didn't. I didn't make that pun. But hey, good. Good catch. I didn't realize oh, that. That was another pun. We can only have three per episode. Uh, <laughs> well, we're screwed then. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Now, lastly, Lisa Stahl was a model and an actress. So she was one of the models on the new Price is Right. So the new Price is Right was the syndicated version of the Price is Right. So to recap, syndication basically means that you sell it individually to each station. So you own the rights to the show. The stations get to pick, or you get to pick which stations run the show. Mm -hmm. Not all stations nationally run it. You sell it to them and they buy it. So it's ultimately a little bit more profitable because you get like a direct payment from the syndication. Um, But it's not very popular because that means that you have to sell it to each station. Right. Which, uh, right, which in the case of the new Price is Right, it didn't last very long. It was like <laughs> in the mid-80s. It lasted for, I think, three or four years. Um, mm. Now, I don't know how much you know about The Price is Right. Tristan, have you watched uh, a decent amount of The Price is Right? Mm, no, not very much. Just a little bit. I remember they always had dentures commercials <laughs> during the day. And when only the retired people are watching TV. Retired people and kids waking up before college classes. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of I one of my favorite parts about going to my grandparents' house as a kid was that they had cable and uh-huh. we did not have TV. So I would spend most of my time there watching uh, the Nick Game Show channel. Um, oh, nice. And like, like figure it out. Uh, the big ones I remember are Leg- Legends of the Hidden Temple and Double Dare. Classic. Um, oh, very good. Very good. But the thing I always remember to this day is watching an episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple one time. And the reward for the team that won the first challenge was a six pack of cans of tuna. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, even as a like eight year old, like, what kid is playing for cans of tuna? Like, who the fuck is excited about getting, like, a six-pack of cans of Starkist tuna? What adult is playing for that? Well, also that. Like, can you imagine if you are, like, if you are a kid and you get the casting call, you're going to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple, and, you know, you get your team and you're so excited and you win the first challenge... And you get six cans 
of Starkist Tuna, <laughs> and then you lose the next challenge in our limit. Like, how crushing that must be. I'd, I'd rather have a McDonald's Happy Meal toy. That, yeah. It feels like they just raided the pantry on their way to work because they forgot to buy the prize. You know, for most of the, I, I read an AMA with some kid who was on Legends of the Hidden Temple, and they were sleep deprived and also food deprived. Jesus. That's why they were so bad at the challenges because <laughs> they weren't, you know, of sound mind. What they the couldn't fuck? put together a monkey because they were so goddamn tired by that point that they couldn't put it together. I'm gonna be honest. That's not where I, like, I was not expecting to start today learning about the terrible labor practices of Nickelodeon game shows. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, Morgan, when you think about it, are you that shocked? No, I mean, not really. But, right, it there is, you go. It is sad to hear. Yeah, I mean, they, they so they brought back this show really recently. I haven't yeah. watched any of it. It was on, like, I don't- Quibi, right? What the fuck is... I, I know what Quibi is, but also what the fuck is Quibi? Right? <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm like 90% sure the Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot was on fucking Quibi. Like, nobody's... Was, was Quibi was also the one that had the 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 movie where it was the, the woman with the golden arm. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yes, it that, was. It was for Quibi. My okay, God. so if anyone listening to this episode doesn't know about it, I guess just look up, like, woman with the golden arm. It's fucking wild. Like, I think the plot is there's a woman who whose husband had a, a golden arm, and she just keeps on burying it, and then... I don't even fucking know. It's wild. Yeah. It's too wild for me to explain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways. New Price is Right. So I don't know how much... Do you know much about uh, the Barker's Beauties, either of you? Not really. Okay, so do you know what they are? No. Morgan? No, not at all. Okay, so Barker's Beauties was the term used to define the models who were on Price is Right, who um, would come out and they would point to the things that you would be guessing on. Uh, And there's honestly not as many as you would think. It's only like since the 60s or 70s, like 25 models. Oh, wow. Maybe 30. Some of them stay on the show for like 15 years. Um, one notably I know of uh, used to be a uh, uh, a cheerleader for the Seattle Seahawks, one of the Seagulls. Mm. And I remember her because when I was young, when I was a teenager, I, um, I subverted teenage expectations by being horny <laughs> um and was like oh wow this woman is attractive and uh, unlike a teenager i remembered that and um she ended up like 2004 i think being on the prices right and she's still on the prices right and she was like on some tv shows and whatever but the point is is that the the models on Price is Right stay a long time. Uh, but there were three models for the new Price is Right. One was Lisa Stahl. Oh. One was named, and you're going to love this name, Morgan, Ferrari Ferris. Ooh. Very right? Italian. Right. 
great name. And the other was named Julie Lynn Cialini. And Julie Lynn Cialini was the centerfold model for the February 1994 edition of Playboy magazine. Oh. The, center, the cover model for that issue was Anna Nicole Smith. And the interview was with Pete Townsend of The Who. Oh, There was yeah. also a, a 20 Questions with sportscaster Chris Berman, but that's less important. Sure. Of note, November issue that year was Pamela Anderson on the cover. Mm. And also of note, the August model was a policewoman named Carol Shia. Hmm. It was fired for posing in Playboy. Wow. In fact, I have the cover for you right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, Carol Shia's cover of Playboy. NYPD nude. One of New York's finest steps out of the uniform. Uh, she was That's an great. Israel- Can we also what? talk about the headline directly under that? The, the darker, darker side, side of, of Dr. Dr. Kevorkian? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What about teenage women talk about sex? I mean, that feels more on brand for Playboy. I just, I'm going to be honest, like, when I'm like, I should enjoy a Playboy in the privacy of my own bedroom, I'm not generally doing it to learn more about euthanasia. Like, well, see, the thing about Playboy is it tried to pose itself as, like, having deep philosophical conversations and, like, very deep interviews. Sure, you know, sure. But you know I, about feel this, like, right? I feel like a lot of them were with, like, rock stars and actors and celebrities and shit. Oh, you'd and be that surprised. That makes sense. But you'd be surprised. Yeah, more. I guess I don't fact, know my Playboy history as well as I thought I did. <laughs> you're going to learn some more in this guest star segment. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, she was an Israeli who uh, ended up joining the NYPD Fired for posing employee boy and uh, ended up, I guess, doing some like, um, you know, physical therapy worked after, which uh, good for her, you know, a cab, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Anyways, in uh, so two months prior to uh, Julia Lencialini's episode, the cover model was Baywatch alum Erica Leniak from oh. season one and two mm-hmm. of Baywatch. And the interview in her issue was Rush Limbaugh. Oh. In 92. Wow. Oh, no, sorry, 93, Rush Limbaugh. Now, Baywatch had quite a presence with Playboy. Pamela Anderson was on multiple times. Erica Leniak, multiple times. Um, Not a lot of the other women were on that many times, but they were on here and there. Um... There were some future uh, Baywatch actresses, Tracy Bingham, uh, uh, Christy Allen. They were on uh, covers of Playboy. Mm -hmm. But in June 1998, they had a Baywatch issue. Mm. So the cover of that issue was the models or the actresses of Baywatch. Mm. And in that episode, they also had an interview with Paul Reiser. And the 20 questions section was 20 questions with Yasser Arafat. Wow. Now, now, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Now, as you can imagine, I read this and I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Why is Yasser Arafat in this edition of Playboy? Yeah. (laughs) So I went on a search. I looked 
for a whole literal hour <laughs> to find the this interview for you, the adoring Baywatch rookie school fans, our beef boys. I tried, and in the first hour, all I could find was a headline that said, we asked the leader of the PLO about assassination attempts, keeping peace, and life without his daughter. And I thought, whoa, that tells me nothing. Yeah. Now, after that hour, I said, fuck this. I'm going to <laughs> extend my search. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a shady porn website. <laughs> and I was able to find a JPEG. And I have for you this JPEG. Oh, and boy. This JPEG is of the first 15 questions from this interview with Yasser Arafat, where they misspell his name. Wow. They spell his name Y-A-S-A-R, when it is actually Y-A-S-S-E-R, technically. Huh. And these are the first 15 questions. Now, if I wanted to find the other five, I'd have to buy the issue. Yeah. Which I could. Of which I messaged Morgan, hey, what are your thoughts on me buying an app, uh, buying an issue of Playboy for the podcast? <laughs> uh, and Morgan didn't really give me a yes or no answer. I gave you a is, strongly I support this. Which I didn't read because I really should be saying no. <laughs> buying an episode of, pl- uh, an episode, buying, whoa, <laughs> buying <laughs> an issue drunk michael buying an issue of playboy because it has baywatch models on it because i want to read an interview with yasser arafat yeah uh, <laughs> kind of kind of extreme um and it is like 20 bucks and will take two weeks to get to me however i could do it this 20 is 20 bucks thing. doesn't sound that bad it's like 25 bucks still if 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 our beef boys, if our fans want to hear this, and someone wants to subsidize <laughs> this, you talk to me, DM me at snotsnit, S N O T S N I T on Twitter. We'll work something out. We can buy this Baywatch episode of Playboy. And I will talk about I will read it, I will review it, I will tell you everything about it. On an episode of this podcast. All right. Only if you subsidize it, because it'll be the <laughs> only time we've ever made money, and it will not make up for all the money that we spent on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to Lisa. Mm-hmm. Some other quick things about her. Do you remember the song Careless Whisper by George Michael? Absolutely. Yes. She was in the music video. Do you remember the music video? No. No. Okay, so in the music video, George Michael gets stranded at a harbor. She's the woman who strands him. Okay, whatever. Anyways, also, and this is, with all the things I've told you, this is the weirdest part of this whole this whole segment. Somehow, she became the exclusive photographer for American Idol. Huh. Because she works for the company that produces X Factor American Idol. Sure. And she was a photographer, and she was their lead, and they said, you're the exclusive photographer. Wow. Which doesn't make sense. No. Because there's like 17 photographers, but she is listed as exclusive photographer for American Idol. Huh. 
uh, <laughs> wild. Uh, lots of things to be said about Lisa Stahl. Good actress? Up to debate. Good photographer? Up to debate. <laughs> uh, model? Sure, why not? But you know what's up, not up for debate, Morgan? What is that, Michael? That we have an episode to talk about, and you should take us in. It's true. Let's do it. We start off in... Whoa! Actually, I, I take it all back. Okay. Take it all back. <laughs> Tristan, before we get into this episode... Yes. Obviously, this is the second time you've watched this episode, or maybe even the third time. Before you get into this, before we even get into talking about the episode, what were your thoughts in, in very general terms about Baywatch? And your um, expectations. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I knew that Hasselhoff was a was a hunk. You, you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in Knight Rider. I guess I caught a few episodes of that. I saw him in the SpongeBob movie. Nice. Um, and you know, Beach and and you know, lifeguards in swimsuits, and and that's kind of the general idea. I knew nothing else about it beyond that. And you kind of got all of that. <laughs> Yeah. 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 This so it basically it met your expectations. <laughs> no, it 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 swerved off the road and drove into territory I didn't even know existed. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how Baywatch works. Uh huh. Did you did you expect Baywatch to have as much plot as it does? And not like the horny the horny version of plot, like real plot. I'd say that it probably had less plot than I expected, actually. <laughs> I expected that. But maybe it was after listening to the podcast, I thought things happened in Baywatch. But I will say, there are, there are lots of episodes in the show where things do happen. This was just kind of not one of them. Whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? So much happens. <laughs> I mean, things happen. But not 40 minutes worth of things. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I broke it up mm-hmm. to, like, seven scenes in my notes, and that was it. There were only, like, <laughs> seven <eight>. scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I have so much more notes than seven scenes. Well, actually, that's because we have a lot of Baywatch theater to do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Morgan... Before we to get to that Baywatch theater, we have to get into this episode. We, so we sure do. There, let's do it. We start off the episode in CJ's apartment, where Matt is asleep on a mattress on the floor, and CJ thinks that he is sleeping too late, so it is time for him to get up. So she brings a spoon and a pot and just starts banging it, and so, Matt does not want to get out of bed. So Tristan. Um, I I know you probably knew that Pamela Anderson was in the like you you knew Pamela Anderson was in Baywatch, right? I I was aware of that, but I did not even know what Pamela Anderson looked like, except that Whoa. she was blonde. And is there some relationship between her and Chicken of the Sea? No, that's <laughs> Jessica Simpson. <laughs> so there you go. Very different blonde women uh, from very different eras. Uh, Pamela Anderson being the mid-90s and Jessica Simpson being the early to mid-2000s. Um, 
One being a singer, one being not a singer. Actually, maybe Pamela Anderson can sing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she ever put out the, like, obligatory celebrity album. Wait, wait. I gotta check. I gotta check now. Yeah. I got Pamela Anderson album. Let's see. While Michael is looking for that, I also learned that Pamela Anderson starred in Stripperella, which I have not watched. But I also learned that Stan Lee created it. And then I was like, ugh. Oh, my God. Okay, so please, everybody, <laughs> mm-hmm. look at this link. This is called the Baby Remixtape 2004, Volume 2 of 4. Oh, no. Oh, my God. By artist Pamela Anderson. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> boy, that's an album cover. Yeah. Wow. Um, she also appears on Welcome to Planet Boom. By uh, various artists, uh, she is on a song by Tommy Lee. That makes her sense. husband. Um, she's also uh, on a song in an album called "Hell Up in Hollywood City." It's Pamela Anderson. You already know, featuring Tony Yayo. <laughs> uh, also on this album is Busta Rhymes. I will kill you. Featuring Eminem. Wow. wow. Um, also, Pamela Anderson's oral support. <laughs> yeah, uh, mouth guard. Uh, okay. I hate all of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Pamela Anderson apparently has been on some music albums. Uh, and I hate that. Yeah, yeah. But no, but no, she is not Jessica Simpson. Um, very different blonde. I, 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 I <laughs> of the right words to say here. Very different, stereotypically dumb mm-hmm. blonde women, both pretending to be dumb. Yeah, blonde women. Yeah, very much not dumb, pretending to be dumb blonde women. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, uh, you know, not that it's not still popular now to some extent, but especially I feel like in the 90s and 2000s, where that was just, like, the the way to be if you wanted to be a female celebrity. Yeah, them, Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, mm-hmm. all, all these people. The dumber you were, the better. Mm-hmm. And then every few years, you'd have, like, a raven-haired woman or a brunette, you know, you're a... Uh, Ashley Simpson, who would subvert the trope, mm-hmm. so then you could have more blonde women. Yup. Um, and that's but, uh, celebrities suck. I yeah. Say that. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, Pamela Anderson, uh, she does finally manage to get Matt out of bed, but uh oh, we've got a scandal on our hands. Matt <laughs> sleeps in his underwear. And what? that's what? not okay. Um, and he very reasonably, I would say, points out that, in fact, it is no different from his swim trunks. And CJ is like, no, this is cheating on summer. You have to put on pants. She um, specifically says underwear is supposed to be worn under outerwear. Yes. And I'm like, Pam, you wear a one piece. Yeah. You wear a one piece bathing suit. That is, leaves less to the imagination than just underwear and a top. 
Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually we learn that, uh, apparently Matt's not been treating Summer super well, and CJ is like, hey, Summer's my friend. Stop being shitty to her. Um, and also, who is Rebecca? And Matt's like, what? Rebecca? I don't know any Rebecca. And then CJ plays him a voicemail on what looked like a modem. Um, and it's <laughs> no, no, Morgan, Morgan, you may be too young to remember this, but there's a thing <laughs> called an answering machine. I know what an answering machine is. I that just, was, are you sure? <laughs> that, that was like a two two piece answering machine. Kind of was. Kind of was. Um. I just thought it looked much more like a modem to me, but maybe it, it is just because it, I'm the baby of the group. It did look like a modem, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but on there is a voicemail from Rebecca saying that if Matt meets her this morning at the usual spot, she's going to make his dreams come true. And CJ's like, hey, what the fuck? And Matt's Whoa, like, he, well, uh, he's going to get a blowjob? What? Yeah. Like, it's very clearly supposed to be sexual. And when asked about it, Matt goes, uh, she's by broker. And CJ's and, like, but you're poor. Why, why do you have a broker? And Matt goes, duh, she's by broker for investments. <laughs> um, and for some reason, CJ doesn't believe him. Um, but then... Uh, we no, no Morgan mm-hmm. Morgan. How many people have you told that you have an investment broker? <laughs> well, I think first that would require me to get an investment broker, um, or to have investments. This is also true, but I'm pretty sure that if I got an investment broker, it would become my entire personality. I would just go around telling people at bars about it, you know, really just just broadcast that from the rooftops. Because if there's one thing that I know is universally well-loved and respected and morally good these days, it's uh, being rich. Now, now, Tristan, um, how broke do you have to be to not be able to have a broker? <laughs> um, probably Matt's level of broke, based on what I saw in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually don't know less what the broke. cost is of, a, of an investment broker, because we, I also we don't learned have it's like money. <laughs> we learned it's like 3000 to 5000 um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's... So the, for context for Matt, Matt was rich. And then his parents left him to move to France and said, you get nothing. So he's broke because he has no money and works at a lifeguard job part time, Mm -hmm. which pays pretty well. It pays like, you know, in 1993 dollars, like 20 something an hour. Right. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, With inflation, that's like. 27 to $30 an hour in 2022 money. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. It's enough that, as we learn later, he's managed to save three grand in a couple months. Like, he's also working a night job. Sure, sure. But still, like... 
Well, look, when you are white and attractive, <laughs> sometimes yeah. people pay you extra. No, I mean, that is definitely true. And that's why people pay me so much extra money. Absolutely. Because I'm just so fucking hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I couldn't say that without laughing. Okay. <laughs> but uh, speaking of that $3,000, we are about to learn... Why later in the episode we will learn that he has saved up three thousand dollars, which is that he is on a motorcycle with Rebecca, and she is a broker, a motorcycle broker, a term that isn't real and no. isn't a thing. <laughs> uh, okay, morning, morning. When you bought your motorcycle, did you go through a broker? I did not. I went to a dealership. Um, like okay, but at the dealership, was there a? A broker. Not as far as I know. I mean, to be fair. Did you fair, specifically ask, hey, are you a broker? That's what I was going to say. I did not go around asking everyone their job title. Ah, uh, you senior broker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic mistake. Classic mistake. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not called a broker unless you are someone who is like buying very high end specific motorcycles and you're like having someone search for it. But that is not what Matt is doing. Right, um, right. You see, it's not a broker. It's a richer. <sighs> right? Because it's not broke. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get it? Okay, yeah. great joke, great joke. Okay, continue. Um, but eventually they finish what turns out to be the test drive, uh, and she's like, all right, it'll be 5K. And Matt's like, what if I offered you 2200 instead? No, um, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. He first says, I want to pay you right. 5K. But I don't have, it's very weird. He's like, she's like, what do you want to do? I want to pay you 5K, mm-hmm. but I won't. Okay. <laughs> I want to pay you 2200. She's like, that's a lot less. Yeah. But they, they negotiate back and forth for a little bit. Uh, and she finally agrees to $3,000 and flirts just very hard with him to close the sale. Yeah, this um, is a very horny episode. It really was. Um, but eventually, Matt says he'll have the three grand in a couple days, and he's sick of pedaling. Um, so then he's got a bike. Yeah, he's he's trading his pedal bike for a motorbike. Um, but then we head to the beach where we see. Can I, can I do this? Oh, go ahead. Segment. So Garner, so we head to the beach, and Garner is filming Mitch mm-hmm. as he falls off a boat. Yes. And he's he's having so much fun making fun of him. Mitch says he twisted his knee, and he's asking for help, and Garner says he can't because this is a documentary, and he can't alter events. It just He has to record it for posterity. posterity. Mm-hmm. And Mitch says, you want posterity? Record this. And he shows him his butt. I now, did think that was funny. Garner questions if Mitch will once again be known as Iron Man Buchanan. Um, Morgan, could you please read uh, this in the voice of Garner? The once proud warrior attempting to return into combat in a quest for one final moment of glory. Will he once again be known as Iron Man Buchanan, or will he sink beneath the waves like a rusted out hulk of once proud sailing ship? Now, what happens next is going to require some more Baywatch theater. Ooh. So, uh, 
Morgan and Tristan, I will need you to pick who wants to be Garner and who wants to be Mitch. I I will leave the choice up to you, Tristan. I, I'll try to be Mitch. Uh, I don't know if I can do his voice very well, but that is um, totally fine. <laughs> okay, so we have our moment. Uh, one of our many moments this episode of Baywatch Theater. Um, uh, I almost called you Mitch, Tristan, and Morgan. <laughs> please take it away. Why are you torturing yourself, huh? Since my birthday falls right before the National Life-Saving Championships... Okay, good. Keep going. Everybody thinks I should enter the senior division because I'm eligible. Well, I want to prove to them all wrong, and I'm going to win the Open Ironman competition. Oh, come on, Mitch. Those guys are in their 20s. They're in the best shape of their lives. That's why I gotta train harder. Push-ups noises. Ugh. You gotta make the push-up Ugh. noises. Ugh. Okay, there you go. There you go. One, two, three. This is okay. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Do it. Come on. Oh, me again? Yeah. You I totally don't have roommates who are trying to sleep. <laughs> I love it. Look, I know your roommates. They don't care. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to... <laughs> this, okay. this is Garner Ellerby documenting Mitch Buchanan's quest to recapture his past glory. Some may call it a midlife crisis. I call it a heroic display of inspiration, perspiration, and desperation. Ha ha ha! Woo! You go, boy! Fantastic. <laughs> so we see that, and then, so Mitch, uh, so Garner's recording this documentary of Mitch training for this competition. Mm-hmm. But then we see someone drowning, and Mitch sure has do. to swim his way over to them. Yes. Yeah. And while he's doing that, Garner radios for backup. Um, and then we get a long rescue scene. Um, very long. Very as, long. as typical for Baywatch. Is, is mm-hmm. that trademarked? Long rescue scene? <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, a little bit. They, they do it a lot. Like, here's the thing about Baywatch. You have long rescue scenes that have unnecessarily large amount of slow-mo mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes music mm-hmm. and none of it really contributes to you caring in any way whatsoever. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but also at least they have rescue scenes. Yeah. I guess at least. Sure. <laughs> you know, I was actually reading uh uh, this is a spoiler for a uh, a scene coming up here. Mm-hmm. But I was reading about uh, an interview with the lifeguard who trained the actors in the most recent Baywatch movie, the one with The Rock. And mm. he had some issues because even though he trained them, they didn't write the script mm. like a real lifeguard would. Right. And he complained that uh, the new movie is a lot less accurate than... The show. Interesting. Because the show uses real terminology. Huh. For for example, later on in this episode, Stephanie calls uh, out a rip current. Mm. He says, we wouldn't call things riptides. They would call them rip, ter- rip currents. Interesting. 
And in the movie, they don't call him Rip Currents, and he's very oddly irked by this. <laughs> um, he's not as irked by the fact that Baywatch doesn't know how to do CPR, but he is irked by the Rip Current thing. Huh. Um, I had but no yeah, idea. he says he says that the Baywatch the show is much more accurate. To, to real lifeguards than the uh, the rock movie, which I, I'm really not surprised. I expect the more modern Baywatch movie to be even less accurate to lifeguarding than the show. I, that's just what I would have assumed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think many people are watching this for the accuracy of lifeguarding, if I'm being honest. Well, I thought that's why we started watching this. <laughs> <laughs> people don't want to learn things. They just want to have visual soma. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, I I just want to watch hot people be horny. I mean, honestly, like, kind of. I mean, that's why I don't go on Pornhub. <laughs> I watch Baywatch. Yeah, exactly. Fun story I told tonight. Sure. Um, while I was drunk, um, which honestly should warn you about the context of the story. <laughs> um, I would. I, a few years back, I met up with a guy I knew from middle school, and he told me that at his college dorm, one guy got kicked out for torrenting too much porn. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what is too much porn? And he said, we got a list. Oh, and there was shit. 250 separate pornos wow. on this list that Comcast sent us. <laughs> and it got to the point where like Comcast sent us so many things that the school was like, yo, you can't be doing this anymore. You got to go. And we had to tell him, dude, why didn't you just go on Pornhub? And he was like, I'm too specific with what I want. <laughs> and it's like, I, how, how are you that specific that just 250 separate ones that you could only find via torrent yeah and not via a streaming site and he said i'm very particular <laughs> and they said dude i'm sure big bad butt seven is somewhere <laughs> on a streaming site i don't think you need to torrent that he said and i i I quote and no joke. And he said, "Yeah, big bat a uh, big bad butt seven is, but not big bad butts eight. <laughs> and <laughs> that forever changed my life. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Um, I didn't know what to do with my life after that information. Yeah, I mean, it's he makes a good point, you know. Yeah. Now, Tristan, does this remind you of that time our friend Will? Uh, bought us a VHS porno. Um, <laughs> even though you didn't own a VHS machine and then said happy birthday and then left like 30 minutes later. <laughs> uh, strangely enough, I don't remember that. I only remember the one uh, that was supposed to be of a concert. I guess that was a no, DVD. It ended up being this a baseball was, game. <laughs> Will, Will, Will Drews came by and was like, yo, I stopped at a place on, uh, in, uh, I stopped at this VHS porn store and I bought this DV, I bought this VHS for you. And he came by and you said, I don't have a VHS player. He said, we well, should have it anyway because I can't return it. Oh, wow. man. I don't know. What and I, I, that. I'm sure it it got burned down in the fire that burned down your house. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, that's generally <laughs> everything. Everything that I don't know where it is, it's generally back in that time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was probably burned down in your house fire. So, I mean, I'm sorry, VHS porno. R.I.P. <laughs> God. Oh boy. Um. But yeah, uh, after this, we uh, we head back to the headquarters where Mitch is taking care of Destiny, which is the name of the woman who he rescued. And she is very weird and kind of acts like she's 15. Um, and she's very a little horny. weird. What? She's very horny. Extremely. This is like, do you remember... We've had this thing over the course of a few episodes mm-hmm. where Baywatch likes to introduce fake Chinese proverbs. Do you remember this? Oh, God. Yeah. So this felt like some of these, like, so like in the past, they would say things like, if you save someone from drowning, then you have to do some shit. <laughs> or, it's like, or like, he who buys the other a lollipop. Yeah, Plus, oh, it's like God. what the f- who th- no ch- no Chinese proverb has ever said this. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so Destiny says things like, "When you save someone's life, they're responsible for you." Or maybe it's the reverse, and it's like, "Uh, who who says this?" Yeah, um, she's oh. just not smile real people. <laughs> <laughs> she she just says all these. I mean, it's the most, like, it's, this still works in 2022 of, like, I've met people who are like this. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. And especially because we live in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Like, we've met people like this. But she, she's, she leans on him and lays on him and says, I'm your destiny. And you get it. Her name is Destiny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Okay. Okay, I have some Baywatch theater. Who wants to be Destiny, and who wants to be Mitch? Uh, I'll I'll do I'll do Destiny. I'll do Destiny. All right. Okay, Tristan, uh, please be Destiny. Wouldn't it be funny if like evolution flip flopped and people developed gills instead of lungs? Yeah. Although I guess if that happened, then you wouldn't have a job at the beach because then people wouldn't like uh, drown, you know. <laughs> so it's better that way for you. I mean, you know. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the sound she made. Yeah, yeah. She, she she legit makes a <laughs> noise. <laughs> uh, it's very, very romantic. Very. Oh hot. yeah. This, I mean, this whole scene is just, like. Here's the thing about Destiny, like, I can't tell if she's a good actress or not, because the scene is just so buck wild. Yeah, uh, I will say, admit- honestly, mm-hmm. I do think she is a pretty good actress. I think that this character is just written really terribly, but like... Whoa, what? <laughs> a Baywatch character written badly? I know. But like, I do think she does a good job with what tiny bits of material she is given. Um, there's just not a lot there other than this very one-dimensional wouldn't it be funny if a woman was into new age things? She can well, spin well, really it's, fast. <laughs> it's, what if a woman was into new age things? 
and really wanted to fuck Mitch Buchanan. Yes, and also kind of felt like she might be 15 the entire time in a very distressing way. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it very much felt like, look at this older man and this younger woman. Yeah. Uh, She would say things like, you have this sensual aura uh, while he's trying to listen for her breathing. Mm-hmm. She can feel the order, aura in her fingertips. Then she just starts making orgasm noises. Yes. And it's all very weird, and you can tell Mitch is uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, Mitch, you've never been uncomfortable before with hitting on a younger woman. Yeah. Remember that time that you had that housemaid that you were like, oh, I cannot have her God, as a housemaid because I want to fuck that. her too much? Yeah. <laughs> I knew... I. Look, Morgan, I said that because I knew it would make you feel better. <laughs> so, yeah, well, so, thanks uh, for that. <laughs> so, Tristan, the context here is that Mitch Buchanan is very horny. Like, yes. All the time. Mm-hmm. He's divorced, so it's okay for him to be horny. And it doesn't matter if they're his age or younger than He's dated women his age. He frequently dates women his age, and he frequently dates women not his age. Mm-hmm. Really, he gives equal opportunity to be creepy and not creepy at all times. Yeah. And I do have to kind of respect that, but at the same time, also hate him for it. Yes. Yeah, they, I, I noticed there were definitely women who had past um, experiences with him, I, I'll say. At first, I didn't understand why they were so uh, I still upset by, by Destiny, aside from the fact that it was weird. Mm-hmm. Now I realize why it was so personal for them. Yeah. Because he Everyone has dated, did. like, half of the headquarters at this point. Yeah, yeah. He kind of doesn't know how to leave work at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this, we, we get a quick scene where we see Summer and Matt at the headquarters. Uh, and Summer asks Matt where whoa, he was whoa, whoa. last night. Not yet. Not yet. Oh. Uh, we cut to the beach. We have Stephanie giving a talk some people about rip currents oh and, i uh, don't remember this scene yeah she, she's just giving some some talks to some people about rip currents and she's telling them hey mitch's birthday is tomorrow remember surprise party and uh then summer starts talking to matt but it sets up that mitch's birthday is coming up and he's getting older and then this is where we we get the summer and matt conversation yeah Okay, so yeah, then at this point, um, Summer and Matt are in the headquarters, and Summer asks Matt where he was last night, and he's like, I was shooting pool with my friends. Uh, And my note is that Summer and I don't believe him. Um, But because he is straight, he refuses to talk to his partner. Um, because he is straight, he refuses to know how to communicate. Yeah, it's truly wild. Um, I I recently watched season one of The Ultimatum. Um, oh, which, I should watch that. Oh, it's it's very good. Is it, is it trash? Uh, a little bit. Uh, it's, for the most is it part. as trash as Temptation Island? Uh, man, I think it actually might be a little bit more trash, only because Mark Wahlberg is so good on Temptation Island. That is true. Um, Mark L. Wahlberg. (laughs) He's not the Mark Wahlberg. This is true. Other Wahlberg. As far as we know, he's not racist towards Asians. So, as far as I know, there's been on Asians on Temptation Island. He's been very nice to them. Well, that's good. Yeah, he's not like driving over them with his car. 
Yeah, or, or blinding them with acid. Yeah. Uh, sorry to anybody who didn't know that about about Mark Wahlberg being racist, but now you cannot like him, and not just for his bad acting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but after this, um, we get a scene outside the headquarters where uh, Ben and Stephanie and Mitch are talking a little bit, uh, and then Stephanie is like, Mitch, you should really enter the senior Iron Man. Uh, Which, why? Like, okay, he's 42, probably. Yeah. Right? Senior is like, what, 55? That's when you get an ARP. The ARP only allows you to subscribe at age 55 and up. That's probably senior, right? Yeah. I mean, but I could imagine for a big physical competition like this, the age differences might be a little... Or the age, like, brackets might be a little different. Okay, okay. Tristan, you were a competitive swimmer at one point in your life, correct? Mm, yes. What would you say is the age in which you would be a senior in competitive swimming? Hmm, well, pretty much the moment you get out of college, you go into master's, and that... That's like a range of people from their 20s all the way up to their 60s. Okay, so you're saying you should have entered the senior division at 22. <laughs> I, I'd, say, I'd say, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me, especially in the Iron Man, which is a, a real Iron Man is insane. Uh, yeah. I would expect 35 and up to be senior in that. I, I don't know. I, I yeah, well, well Mitch, Mitch is, the whole point of Mitch is that he's like, the greatest human ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, mean, yeah. I mean, I was impressed by his upper body strength. That was ridiculous. Uh, I, we can talk about that in a future scene, but I, I'm definitely <laughs> impressed by that. Yeah. Um, Did you I, notice his uh, chicken legs? Uh, a, a little bit, I guess. Hell yeah. Because he has little itty bitty thin legs. Yeah. yeah so, he um, had to have. He skips leg day <laughs> every day because he's doing. Everything else above yeah. the waist. I I don't know if you're familiar, Tristan, but a a real fact about this show is that during swimming scenes and other scenes as well, they use stunt legs for David Hasselhoff because he has such skinny chicken legs. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's extremely funny. Um, By the way, do do you want to know what a, a real Iron Man has in it? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so it's a, it starts off with a 2.4-mile swim, mm-hmm. followed by a 112-mile bicycle ride, Holy followed shit. by a marathon, which is 26.22 miles. Wow. In that yes, order. Yes, that sounds horrible. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like one of the worst things you can try to do. So I would get so bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm at, like, look, I would have to listen to, like, Nine episodes of Baywatch Rookie School. (laughs) And I only listen to Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for two men. Who have never watched Baywatch before. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, after uh, after Stephanie teases Mitch a little bit about him getting old, uh, Destiny comes out and just like aggressively makes out with Mitch, who is not not into it. uh, My note here is unfortunately out of character for me. 
Yeah. Which is Destiny appears in a Baywatch lifeguard sweatshirt looking my oh my. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she is very attractive. She was a Pisces Right model. Of course yeah. she's attractive. Yeah. Uh, but like this whole scene is very weird because he introduces her to Ben and Stephanie by saying she had a surfing accident. And mm-hmm. Stephanie says, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. I don't like Ben. Um, uh, no, no, he's never like. <laughs> um, but uh, we learned at this point that she is just doing a lot of new agey stuff. She's meditating with Mitch and runs a wellness center and knows his she shoulders. Doesn't believe are too in tense. birthdays. Yes, and just all sorts of things. She uh, she says that she can relieve all his tension and get him a full body rejuvenation at the Institute for Inner Awareness. And Stephanie says, well, if ever a body needed rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. And then Ben says a line that is one of my least favorite lines ever said ever, which is, there's no rust in that Iron Man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's talking about his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, he's got to be talking about it. Like, Ben knows Mitch's sexual history, right? Mm -hmm. That's got to be what it's about. No, Or maybe Ben has fucked Mitch. (laughs) I I mean, towards the end of that scene, Ben seemed to be like an old man babbling to himself. (laughs) It was really weird. Yeah. But it's like... It's like... Like, okay... Yes, they're talking about how Mitch is an old man trying to do a young man's competition. But at the same time, they're also ostensibly talking about an old man fucking a Mm 20-year-old. Like a 20-something-year-old, right? Like, that's got to be what it's about, right? Yeah, It's it's not great. Um, like the the rust is his semen, right? I mean, I hope not. If your semen is rust colored, please go to a doctor. <laughs> you got you got to turn on the tap for a while, and then it turns normal color. <laughs> oh God, God! <laughs> gotta go get your gotta go get your tetanus booster after having sex. <laughs> That's not the STD I expected. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> God. Um. <laughs> uh. But yes. After that, um, Matt's at his tower, and Summer shows up and tries to figure out why he's being so weird and sketchy. Uh, and Matt's like, "I refuse to tell you. Just trust me." Uh, which is is not what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then he's like, I really need some coffee. Is your thermos full of coffee? And Summer's like, oh, no, it's empty. But I'll buy you a double espresso and watch your tower for you. Um, So he goes off to go get coffee. Um, But uh uh-oh, like 30 seconds later, someone has a catamaran accident. So Summer goes to rescue him. This is the dumbest rescue ever, right? It's very dumb. Like, okay, I remember talking to Tristan about this when we watched it the first time. This is, like, exceptionally dumb. Because mm-hmm. the guy asks her, hey, help me get it upright. So she yes. stands on it and pulls it 
towards her and then is, I assume, shocked when it falls towards her yes. and hits her on the head instead of just pushing it away from her. Did, like, uh, like, come on. When anyone else was watching this scene, did anyone else think that he was definitely a murderer and was trying to murder Summer? Cause he, oh, yeah. He gave off such murdery vibes. Yeah, okay. no, I absolutely thought that. Okay. Tristan, what about you? <laughs> he gave off some weird vibes. I don't know if murder was right. I could see, like, <laughs> I don't know, jacking off in places that he shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not murder. It's, it's jacking vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, as as they call it. Honestly, I mean, we've had a pretty even mix of the two on Baywatch, so either yeah, one no would be one's fair. That's fair. What <laughs> no I've one, heard. No one on this show has ever technically jacked off on the show. I mean, that's but true, but we've got people like fucking um, what was Fred, who was just like really fucking horny all the time and lying. Morgan, to you're really fucking horny all the time. Yeah, but I'm not lying to women about it and coercing them <laughs> to cheating me. Yeah, it's okay, an important see, distinction. See, the thing is, in the Baywatch world. Like much of the <laughs> 90s, having sex promiscuously is, I mean, maybe not the greatest, but it's not mm-hmm. jacking off. Ooh, that's that's close <laughs> and nasty. But they would never, ever dare say that someone is, is jacking it. They would much rather say that a 50-year-old woman has had sex with a 15-year-old, yes. which has happened mm-hmm. in this show, than just say that someone bothered to jerk it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But don't worry, don't worry. It's okay, because it was a front because her husband murdered. So Yeah, well, I don't know. That was a one episode. No one liked that. Um, especially not us. But uh eventually Matt Yeah, no. Matt Look for this look for the season two <laughs> finale. God. This show is really bad sometimes. Like just Distressingly so. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the 90s, baby. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad we're past it, and no one has done anything bad as regards sex since then. Um, ever. Have you been on Have you been on Pornhub lately? <laughs> um, but let's see. Uh, Matt doubles back and doesn't get his coffee after all he's here to save summer and also this catamaran guy um and then as we mentioned uh summer fucks up the rescue and pulls the catamaran down onto her head and gets knocked unconscious so now matt has to save both her and the catamaran guy um and then we get the most unnecessary slow-mo yes it's cj coming to save her mm-hmm. even though matt is already there and the music is like it's like si- 1920s silent film music starts playing <laughs> and there's slow-mo and it's like oh no will she get there in time mm-hmm. who fucking cares matt is already there <laughs> like it's unnecessary slow-mo it's only slow-mo because they're like man we have like a minute to kill. We yeah. had this minute. It's, I mean, classic Baywatch. Unnecessary slow-mo. Who would have thunk it? But, like, mm-hmm. so, so bad. It's, it's Zack Snyder's uh, Baywatch. 
Oh man, can we get the Snyder cut? <laughs> that sounds horrible, but also I watch it. The yeah. four hour Snyder cut of Iron oh, Man Buchanan. God. No, thank you. I we we'd have to review it. Yeah, no, we would. I mean, that's the problem. Um, <laughs> um but yes, eventually they get Summer back to the shore where we learn that she is unconscious, has no pulse and has trauma to the head. Um, so then we get a scene of them trying to revive her and then we slowly fade into her eye and we get the weirdest well, fucking montage. Before that, we actually get something interesting, which is real CPR because Numi shows up. Oh, yeah. A lifeguard. And he actually knows what he's doing. Yes. And that was kind of a highlight because I was like, OK, cool, Numi. Like you get to do some CPR techniques, roller to the side. We never see that kind of stuff on Baywatch. You always yeah. be like, hey, what if you fucking make out with her? Mm hmm. Um, but. Yeah, then we uh, then we get a montage of Summer's unconscious self. Uh, just like running on the beach and floating through the water and standing on a jetty. Then Matt's face shows up for a little bit and and then eventually she wakes up. And while this is going on, we get just some really weird, like dreamy techno ish music. Interesting. So, yeah, in the original version of the show, um, because as as we said many times, many many times before, there is different music across the different mm-hmm. versions of the show. Uh, in the original version, this is "Dream On" by the Beloved. Uh, we've also had a track by the Beloved in season four, episode four, mm-hmm. "Blindside," and I mentioned that I did not enjoy them at all because I do not like house music. Yeah. Um, but Tristan and I get a song called "A Dream," performed by Vasily. And this makes me mad because Vasily does instrumental music. However, he did not write this, so it was okay. So someone ah. asked Vasily to sing, which is okay to me, and I'm not going to get upset with it <laughs> over this stuff that I'm clearly too into and too obsessed with. Uh, it was written by Dimitri Lerios, sung by Vasily. Um, this song uh, is kind of weird. It's kind of like a dying dream. More, uh, Tristan, uh, I want you to sing or or emphatically read uh, these lyrics, whatever, whatever really you decide to do. Uh, Tristan, here are the lyrics. <laughs> um, I will emphatically read them. Okay. A dream. I'm falling into a dream. A dream. I'm falling into a dream. I'm falling into a dream. I'm falling to dream. Dream, I'm falling into dream. A dream, I'm falling to dream. A dream, I'm falling to dream. A dream, I'm falling to dream. Wow, it means so much. There's so much you could you could oh, yeah. apply with those lyrics. Um, I don't really know how Dimitri Lerios had the creativity to write that song, but he did. Wow. Thank you, Tristan. You are my rose, you are my rose. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the room level lyrics. Yeah. Uh, if not, f- like, 18 levels worse. Um, but we then do cut to a scene, um, which we're going to do some more Baywatch theater of. Oh. Uh, yeah, don't worry. We cut to Mitch hanging upside down 
mm-hmm. in flowy pants. Well, Destiny has some bells she's ringing. Yes. Um, and uh, who wants to be Destiny? And who wants to be Mitch? What, um, do, you, what do you think, Tristan? I, I guess I'll go with Destiny again. All right. Uh, okay, well, uh, oh boy, Morgan, you get to be Mitch. <laughs> Sounds right, good. Here is the scene, and go. Now that you've had your hot oil massage, your loofah rub, and your herbal cleansing, you're ready for the skull drip. Skull drip? No, I really don't think I need a skull drip. You'll love it. You'll love it. Relax, I promise. Now take a deep, centering breath, and as you exhale, feel time dripping off of the top of your head. Here they come. Weeks. Months. Months. Years draining away. Now take another deep breath, and as you exhale, feel yourself growing younger. (laughs) And stronger. (laughs) And stronger. (laughs) And stronger. (laughs) Ah, there. Feel younger and stronger? Yes, I do. Told ya. It's incredible. I feel younger and stronger. Oh, I, for- and- I forgot to copy all of the la- all of the words here. Sorry. No worries. And I also feel... Is there blood coming out of my ear? No, no way. No, sorry. You need to say nope. <laughs> I thought she said something more. Uh... No, she she honestly, I extended it. I added in a pe to it. She says no. Uh, <laughs> she says no, and she hits him because she's angry that he'd suggest such a thing. He did, She didn't like the joke. She mm-hmm. has correct. She does do that. Uh, this scene is just nonsense. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, I'll give you a little bit of inside baseball here um morgan you did fantastic at those grunts thank you um i i did tell them quick grunt lifting heavy thing grunt pushing on a big turd grunt and orgasming grunt (laughs) and i think morgan did fantastic at all of those grunts gotta put my 16 years of acting training in college to use somehow (laughs) wow and you're 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 using that to make grunting noises absolutely on a baywatch podcast well tristan is over here you know acting out a new wave uh, or new age hippie you're just making orgasm grunts good for you Mm -hmm. hey professional grunter you know you could be the first one (laughs) first one i don't know about first one but uh one of the greats Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah, and after all of this, uh, Mitch notices there's a rescue going on, so he leaves. Um, Impressively, using his upper body strength. Yeah, that move <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> He's hanging upside down from a pull-up bar by his feet, and when he spots the rescue, he lifts himself up using his core so that he can grab the bar and detach his feet and drop down, and... I mean, that's fucking impressive. I could not it's do that. very impressive. Um, I didn't even know humans... Well, okay, I've seen gymnasts do it. Right. But, I mean, they also weigh less. Yeah. He... I was wondering, how is he going to get down from there? Yes. And then he did it, and I was like, wow, he made that look easy, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
And at 40 something, isn't yeah. Hasselhoff actually in his early 40s? I think so. Yeah, he was about. So, like, when the show started in 89, he was about 38, 39. So, this is 93. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I could do that at any point in my life, I would feel incredibly validated. Oh, like, yeah. 42. <laughs> but, yeah. but here's the thing. You would do that and not have chicken legs. <laughs> I mean, I'd be That's willing to get chicken legs to get that upper body core strength. Yeah. To be fully honest. Tristan, if you had chicken legs, would you eat your own legs if you fried them? No, but you know, <laughs> I'd be willing to do a lot of things to get that upper body strength. <laughs> this is a lower body strength. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, my lower body strength is better than my upper body strength. So would you eat your 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 wings, your arms that they were fried? I think self-cannibalism, what is it, auto-cannibalism sounds mm-hmm. yes. like one of the least appealing things I could think of. <laughs> what what it one of them. What what else is as just as unappealing as auto-cannibalism? Uh, slightly more appealing would be cannibalism of others, but I don't really want to do that either. Okay, so you're officially endorsing cannibalism on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. No, absolutely not. But I will say uh, eating yourself is is somehow worse. What would be worse than auto-cannibalism? I mean, to yourself or to another person? uh, I I just like the idea of what is worse than auto cannibalism yourself? And I was like, and you need to go to therapy. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, uh, torture porn. <laughs> I could go really dark here if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. I don't care. Let's yeah, do it. You know, genocide. There's, yeah. there's, there's a few things worse than auto cannibalism. But I'm going to say <laughs> auto cannibalism, pretty bad. Because it's not just cannibalism it's it's you're eating yourself it's automatic something perverse about it stick shift cannibalism is much more okay yeah yeah Yeah, don't do cannibalism cannibalism. not just kids anybody (laughs) at any point in your life so are you saying that eating yourself is worse than eating kids um I think mean, about this create, before you answer. If we're gonna make, if we're gonna make like this huge tier list, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, no, 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 no. I need you to make a like Smash Brothers style tier <laughs> list of God. types of cannibalism, please, <laughs> and go. Um, you know, I what's, think, what's S tier? <laughs> I think let's just say that all cannibalism is so bad. That it doesn't matter. <laughs> that it's S tier. Okay, great. Unless, I mean, I don't know. I could see a scenario where you didn't kill somebody and they uh-huh. wrote it in their will that they wanted to be eaten by other people and you were just fulfilling <laughs> their will. But, like, that's, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch. So I'm general, shocked that you even thought of that, but okay. I mean, I there mean, was there was a famous case of that in Germany, I believe. What? Where someone wrote into their will that they wanted to be eaten when they were dead, and what? someone and they got someone to do it, and I believe the guy got arrested. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, people do strange things sometimes. So, so okay, okay. So Tristan, 
on this tier list, what is like a C or D tier? Well, so I was thinking about it and I realized, I don't know. Auto cannibalism is actually probably the least bad because you're not harming anybody. <laughs> okay, so that's S tier. Yes, but it still is perverse in a really weird way. Like the self destructive. No, it's not about perverseness. It's about tier list. Okay. uh, Yeah. So you you go self cannibalism, and then it's it's actually pretty easy to construct the tier list. You go from next to the strongest and most powerful people, all the way down to the weakest and most vulnerable and most. Okay. Okay. So very utilitarian form of eating people here <laughs> you know what, what would what would even be the term of of that method of ranking I'm trying to think like it intersectional criminality <laughs> i don't know it's intersectional cannibalism <laughs> i love that honestly we don't talk about intersectional cannibalism <laughs> Man, this Baywatch, this Baywatch podcast went in an interesting direction. But there's you know, just like Baywatch, the show would probably do if they had the balls to do it. <laughs> there's just such a gendered cannibalism gap these days, and I simply <laughs> will not stand for it. I mean, it you would know, surprise me if there was. <laughs> we have figured out so much on this podcast. In a recent episode we recorded, we solved crime. You We're solved like all crime. Yeah, no, we solved crime. By deciding that cops sh- should be replaced with pelicans mm-hmm. who just bark at people. Mm-hmm. And people go, that's kind of fucking annoying. We should leave. Mm-hmm. So if we solve that, why not just solve all issues whatsoever with intersectional cannibalism? <laughs> I mean, usually you solve cannibalism by, you know, having food security. But, <laughs> but what if it's intersectional? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, then you can just avoid the entire issue entirety, and and, and cannibalism will almost never happen. (laughs) Almost never, because there's always that one guy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that... (laughs) Yeah, or Mitch, you know. (laughs) Okay, whoa. I've got this, like, image of just Mitch Buchanan, like, just dressed up in armor, going around, like, hunting people. Like, <laughs> some sort of weird RoboCop. That I don't sounds know. amazing. Yeah. That should be, we've talked many times about writing an episode of Baywatch. Mm-hmm. The intersectional cannibalist episode of Baywatch should be oh, what we write. Absolutely. We're just the guys who have enough experience with intersectionality <laughs> and cannibalism <laughs> to write it. <laughs> Wow. God. <laughs> and of course, it'll be a musical. It'll be like, oh, of course. It'll do a song called. Okay, so this is absolutely not going to be the title of a song. Okay. It's just what popped in my head, which is, Why Me Eat Me Fingies? <laughs> <laughs> so, the auto cannibalism song. You know, just cannibalism is one thing, but I don't know. I just really can't stand musicals. <laughs> I eat people who sing musicals. <laughs> no, I just want them to stop singing. <laughs> oh, well, what's the problem with musicals? I don't know. It's just, it's not my thing. I don't know why. I mean, there's very good musicals out there. Yeah, Do you reason. hate joy? I Happiness? I hear uh, I hear they taste pretty sharp. 
Oh, well, maybe, maybe my. Oh, that that was a good joke. Was, Thank you. No, it wasn't. No, no, come on, I, I absolutely will. I will encourage the puns. <laughs> and this is your pun punishment. Um, I mean, I'm always being punished. Yes, go on. Maybe the problem with me and musicals is just I haven't seen enough of them. It's possible. Okay, well, what do you want from a musical? I don't know. That's part of the problem. Do you want to see something sad? Do you want to see something happy? Do you want to see something, you know, uh, fantastical? Like, what do you want? Uh, I mean, all of them could could be really interesting. What, I guess. I guess the what if sad it was one really, really bad, and it was called Dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> do you want to watch that with me when we hang out on Saturday? Uh. Maybe, but maybe Morgan, I'll pass. Should we watch <laughs> I mean, I will. I I saw it in theaters, but I will happily watch it again. I do you, uh, do you do you recommend it? I mean, it is horrifying to watch because Ben Platt doesn't look like a human being in it, um, and also the plot is super fucked up, um, especially when he looks like he might be eighty years old. And so you don't even have the excuse of him being, like, a naive, dumb teenager. Um, so, yeah, I would say so. Um, the songs are good. I do really like the music, which is a shame, because the rest of it sucks. Okay, so you're saying absolutely watch it, because the last musical I watched with Tristan was Cats. Ah, beautiful. And that's the last musical I've seen in five years. Cats, the greatest movie ever made. Truly, no problems with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I I did unironically really enjoy the last song. I mean, the last Which song is the last song in Cats again? Uh, the, or maybe was the I, it was the, the climax Je- song. Jennifer Hudson. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. That song is good. That's the only song people like, other than the, uh, uh, the, the tap dancing song. That's um, Memories, right? Is Jennifer Hudson's? Yeah, Memories. Memories yeah. is the song. I, I haven't actually seen the movie yet, but... <laughs> what the fuck? I know, I know. <laughs> no, 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 Morgan, Morgan. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. However bad you think it is, it's so much worse. Oh, I believe it. I hate Cats. I was in a I production of Cats. Um, Look, I hate that musical so much. I'm sorry. I've seen it live, and wow. I hate it. Yeah. My dad saw it and got kicked out of Cats (laughs) because he was he went to London and went to go see Cats and he fell asleep and they said he was snoring too loudly (laughs) during the play and they kicked him out oh my god that's what I do I did that during a final exam once wow you fell asleep during the final exam and snored too loudly yes oh god what kind of exam was this I think it was Spanish class in high school (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, I did. Like I did college? finish the exam. I like the idea that you finished the exam, went yeah. to bed, had enough time to snore, and had enough time to kick you out in a <laughs> high school class. Yeah. I mean, I was just sleeping in my desk, like sitting upright. <laughs> uh, bless you, bless you. Now, if only we could translate that to sleeping during this Baywatch episode. Yeah. Uh, which, um, you Speaking know, of, we should uh, we should get back to it. Yes. Um, yeah. 
Where at, were we, Morgan? At this point, uh, Mitch and Destiny show up to HQ, and, well, Destiny has brought her chimes with her, and they are very annoying. Uh, so Mitch throws them on the bench to make them shut up. Um, but Summer is in there recuperating from her near-death experience, and she describes what happened and Destiny tells her that this was actually astral projection, because <laughs> as we all know, when you're unconscious, your soul leaves your body until it's safe for it to return. And this everyone is, looks at her incredulously and she goes, you know, like when you sleep. Um, this is why I think she comes back for Baywatch Nights. Definitely. Because she says that astral projection is a proven fact. I think, oh, Baywatch doing the X-Files? Yeah, Probably astral projection is a thing. For sure. Um, but but, but, but mm-hmm. the funniest part of this scene is yes. Jackie Quinn. Yes. Because uh, Jackie, in the, earlier in the season, was dating Mitch. This is a very weird episode. I don't know yes. who is dating who in I this episode. I was also wondering if Jackie and Mitch just had an open thing going or something. It doesn't sound like something this show would do. It sure doesn't, but they sure act like it. Yes. Um, so Jackie asks where Mitch and Destiny met. And Destiny hugs Mitch and says, he saved my life, and now I'm saving him. And then she starts stroking him. Yes. Uh, and Jackie laughs and says, oh, isn't that special? Which is funnier because <laughs> she dated him. Yes. Um, and now she's looking down on him, which makes less sense when you see the end of this episode, which mm-hmm. we will get to later. Yes. Um, um, I, I, I would like to note in this scene, I mm-hmm. think that, uh, like, Destiny makes, like, a scream noise or something, like, yes. excitement, uh-huh. and it actually scares Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a few of those. I feel like she scares Hasselhoff multiple times. Like, I was like, that's not acting. <laughs> yeah. He is actually just jumpy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. With, with with a twitch reaction like that, are you surprised? Oh, yeah. Now, Morgan, for mm-hmm. the next scene, I would like you to do another scene of Baywatch theater here. There's a lot of it. Uh, All right. Is- I'd like you to to read this line. Okay. Which Iron Man trophy will Mitch Buchanan pursue? The lesser, which may be more easily won, or the greater, but far more difficult to attain? Let us see as the drama unfolds. Yeah, Garner is basically giving us much more drama yes. in the actual episode, yes. which I like, because I like Garner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mitch is uh, Mitch is here to register for the Iron Man, and some little blonde twenty-something twerp shows up and is like, "I bet you're entering the seniors tournament, old man." And Mitch is like, "Nuh-uh, I'm opening the or I'm joining the open tournament." And the guy's like, "Well, that's great because you're gonna come in second place to me." Um, and and then. Uh, Mitch goes to meet up with Destiny and Destiny gives him all of her energy. So then we get a very long montage of Mitch competing in the games um, so, in which he yeah. does really well and then wins. So there's kind of no stakes at any point. 
before we talk more about this montage, mm-hmm. I need you both to take a little bit of a pause. Okay. I posted this earlier, but I need you both to to watch parts of this. This is the original scene. Okay. Um, re- with the remastered visuals, but with the original song. So All please right. watch this. Tell me when you're back. Yeah, so th- I the version I watched had this song. Oh, okay. So Tristan did not see this version. Correct. Um, the original version has You Want It All by the Weathermen. And that is such an odd choice of music. It's industrial dance music. Yes. And it's weirdly unfitting, yet also fitting at the same time because it is the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like... It couldn't exist in any time but the 90s. I'm going to be honest, I kind of loved this song. I kind of loved it, too. Yes. Cool. Uh, It very much reminded me of early Depeche Mode. Yeah, Um, totally. um, According to Wikipedia, the Weathermen began as a joke. A couple of Americano-Belgians recorded some music, sent it to a local record company via the U.S. under the pretense that they were a couple of enigmatic Americans trying to invade the European music scene. Ah. It worked, and they were signed to Play It Again Sam Records, who put out their first 12-inch Old Friend Sam in 1985. But this is a very different vibe from the song in the remaster, which Tristan and I get, which is also not at all fitting. And that is called One Shot and is by J.R. Richards. Uh, Tristan, would you please read or sing the lyrics to this song? My soul will never surrender. One shot to get this right. My soul will never surrender. I'll never give up this fight. I'll never give up this fight. One time to twist and one time to shout. You've got some time to fight it out. I'll be your number one. I'll make it to the end. I won't give up. I won't give in. I'll take it higher than the sun. I want it all. It's in my soul. I want it all. My soul will never surrender, but we lost the peace. My soul will never surrender. I'll never give up this fight. He's just determination made of motivation. (laughs) Never giving up ground one level up. He's the culmination of a hero inside, never denied and never giving up. My soul will never surrender. One shot to get this right. My soul will never surrender. I'll never give up this fight. I'll never give up this fight. Never give up. Never give up. Wow. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Um, That song is absolute nonsense. Yes. Of course. Um, I, uh, I think it's, it's much worse than the, uh, the Weatherman song that we get. Uh, It sounds much worse. And the lyrics again are just absolute bs but as you mentioned mitch wins and his reward is that destiny jumps his bones mm-hmm. yeah they just like roll around in the sand a bunch yeah yeah i mean okay cool good for him mm-hmm. great job um but after that uh we get to see the setup for mitch's surprise birthday party and Matt hasn't shown up yet. Dun, dun, dun. And then they're all getting ready to surprise Mitch, who walks in 
talking about how he is never surprised because he keeps his guard up all the time. Um, and then he's surprised because they surprise him. Um, and we learn that Hobie is on the phone from Catalina, but we don't hear his side of the conversations so that they didn't have to pay him for this episode. Um, we also hear a mm-hmm. part where Jackie questions Mitch and Destiny and asks, is is his birthday sending him into a panic? And Gardner <laughs> says, oh yeah, definitely. And they all laugh, which I found very funny. Yeah. No, that was good. Um, but then eventually uh, Matt does show up. And- well, well, before they show up, mm-hmm. something very important. Gardner reveals this was all Jackie's idea. Yes. And then Mitch pulls in Jackie and they kiss on the lips. Mm-hmm. And this is the start of being very confused because he says, I'll get you for this. And she says, oh, do you promise? <laughs> I, I was like, wait, aren't you dating destiny? Mm-hmm. Like, what is who who's dating who here? They're, they're very definitely Mitch Buchanan is a monogamy guy. So what is happening? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I was very confused by this as well. Tristan, did this make sense to you? No, it, it made zero sense. It almost felt like they'd written different parts uh, out of sequence and then didn't bother to retcon them or fix them. Yeah, that almost sounds about right. like that. But probably exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, eventually uh, Matt shows up and tells Summer, hey, come outside so I can show you something. And Summer's like, hey, we're in the middle of a party. What if I do it after the party? And Matt says, no, absolutely not. Don't you trust me? Um, And he brought Mitch a present, which is a walking stick. Um, And then Matt and Summer go outside and it's Rebecca. She's waiting with the motorcycle and basically just reassures Summer that don't worry, Matt and I are not sleeping together. Um, And then Garner comes over and introduces himself to Rebecca and takes a look at the bike, and then he has to leave. Um, And we learn that Matt has been working every night, and that's why he's been gone all the time, and he saved up to be able to afford the money for this motorcycle, which is the first thing he'll really own, and his parents won't be able to repossess it. Um, so then Rebecca takes the money and leaves and Garner comes back and informs Matt that the bike was stolen. So Matt's going to have to give the bike back and the pink slip was fake. Um, but don't worry, she can't have gone that far somehow. Um, we don't care. So we're just not, we're going to be able to find her and you'll be fine. Um, but then it's the end of the party and, uh, Stephanie shows up with a pinata and Destiny is going to go back to the Awareness Center. But if you ever... No, no. She, she's mm-hmm. not going to go back to the Awareness Center. She's going to go bar hopping. Oh. I thought she's she said... Going, if you ever... Says, mm-hmm. If you want to come and see me, come to the Awareness Center. Which right. Which does before absolutely macking on his face. Mm-hmm. Which he returns... Yes. Very happily. Mm-hmm. She says, though, that she's going to go bar hopping, and he says, I'm too old, which is false. Because yeah. if you remember, if you remember, Captain Thorpe was not too old. He just had to put on his disco duds. Oh, what Morgan, a good line. Please do a filter on me saying, 
disco does. <laughs> Future Morgan, remember the filter on disco duds. All right. Uh, Uh, (laughs) um, So Mitch is not too old to go out and party. Tristan, are you too old to go out and party? Uh, I would say no. (laughs) Hell yeah, you should go out and party right now. Fuck this podcast, you should go out and party. (laughs) Oh man, I got work tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, You see, there's the fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. Um. He does say he's too tired from the Iron Man as well, which is oh, fuck that. That's believable. bullshit. But yeah, that's bullshit. You don't need. He's white. He doesn't need upper body strength to party. <laughs> he just has to nod his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you use your head in the Iron Man. You use the rest of your body. Yeah. Oh you no! You just stand there and nod. I just see now Night at the Roxbury, but it's the Mitch Buchanan edition. Oh, I love that. I want yes. that. I would love that as well. Um, but we've we've got just a tiny bit left in the episode, which is that Mitch and Jackie are staying to clean up. But first, they got to dance and make out a little bit, which is when I got even more confused. <laughs> yup. About what the fuck was going on. So that is season four, episode nine, Iron Man Buchanan. So with that in mind, uh, on our rating, we're gonna uh, we have our season four rating scale. We're gonna go one. Is going through a going through a is going through puberty a second time because you got recast. And ten is your parents are divorced, but it's okay because your dad is a, is David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest. Let's first talk about some IMDB ratings. Sure. There's four ratings here. Wow. Um uh the first I'm gonna talk about is Sandcrab277 gives it a one out of ten, titled not getting any better and says still too many phony like rescues and lifeguards excuse me that act like children and then there's alexandra paul who is opinionated as stephanie and everything but can't take criticism at least the cop show antics have slowed a bit mitch still can't get his head on straight okay uh bombers fly up gives it a two out of ten and tattles the review Baywatch. Um, then <laughs> Wild Bill Horn gives it an 8 out of 10 in titles There's the Senior Division and says, In this episode, the makers of Baywatch set out to show us that even Pam Anderson can look like hell early in the morning nagging like a nincompoop. But they... Wow. Yeah, okay, that's not accurate since she still looks like a, a goddess. Yeah. Anyways, Mitch tries to age gracefully and utterly fails. This seems in character for him. His esoteric rejuvenation is fun, but the old lifeguard isn't fully committed. He he resists the oil drip. That's not true. I'm not exactly sure what we're <laughs> supposed to learn from this. Maybe don't buy motorcycles from shady dealers in revealing other outfits. Do we not feel that. like most Baywatch episodes have a thing we're supposed to learn? Because no. I certainly don't. Yeah, and I don't also feel like that review was an 8 out of 10. Now... Sandcrab722, the other Sandcrab. Mm-hmm. Now, Tristan, if you don't know, there's a Sandcrab277 and a Sandcrab722 who are completely separate people who give IMDb reviews. Um, and that part is uh, wild to me still, even though I've said it 15 million times. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandcrab722 
gives it a 10 out of 10. Wow. It says, title's their review. Trash talk so rad. This ep is tubular tinthony. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and they say, Roberta Bulks as Busty Biker Babe makes Matt's Mirage material. Whole lot of plot hole. Dubuk meets his destiny. High stress buildup to gnarly climax of love triangle confrontation intensity. Nah, I'll just sweep this floor. <laughs> sure. I mean, that okay. last statement was actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But most of it doesn't make sense. Hopefully, our reviews make sense. So, Tristan, on a scale of 1 to 10 with our reading from earlier, 1, what would you rate this episode? And 2, what would you say that number's experience is akin to? Um, I think I'm going to go with a with a 3. Uh, you know, it had it had a few moments that were a little bit interesting, but most of it was uh I don't know, it was kind of like pretending to do an Iron Man when you're doing nothing of the sort. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. A uh three. Michael, it's pretty low. How about you? Um I'm going to say it's a six. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's a six. Because it's better than an average episode of Baywatch. And there are parts I enjoyed a lot. I kind of, in, I unfortunately enjoyed Destiny. Um, I think she was fun. And it made me laugh. Uh, and there are, Garner made me laugh. And I just had moments of this episode where I thought, this is nothing. But it's also making me laugh. So it's not like a seven. It's not an eight. It's not a nine. It's not a ten. But it's like a six. Um, and I would say a six is the experience of realizing that white people are really fucking excited for a new Kendrick Lamar album. <laughs> All uh, right. Morgan, what about you? Um... So I think uh, I think I'm going to split the difference a little here um, and say that personally, I found this episode kind of boring. Whoa. Um, Whoa. It didn't really do a lot for me. And uh, I had a hard time paying attention to it. Um, So I'm going to give this episode a four personally. Uh, and I am going to say that a you four. You should give it a four point five if you really want to split the difference. I did initially think about giving it a four point five, but, but honestly, you hated it so much it felt too generous. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that a four is the experience of um, hanging upside down from metal clip clips on your feet until you are almost ready to pass out but then at the last second you do manage to you know wrestle your body up and detach yourself from the pull-up bar that you were hanging from i feel like that's higher than a four especially given the context like you know he got like laid right well sure but i'm thinking i'm not thinking exactly the scenario in the episode i'm thinking one where you almost pass out from lack of oxygen to your brain also, like, we have to state, like, I assume the assumption is that Mitch totally got laid, right? Oh, totally. There's no way they didn't fuck. Right, right. That, right, Tristan, right? It just seems like, 
like too obvious, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I I feel like um, I mean she comes back, so hopefully hopefully it didn't go horribly. Yeah. Uh, but like Mitch is not the kind of person who who like doesn't get laid. That's just his that's just his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking speaking of his thing. Let's talk about the next episode yes, let's. of Baywatch, which is called Tower of Power. Ooh. Uh, the Baywatch wiki description, um, unfortunately, it has nothing to do with Macho Man Randy Savage going, Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. Uh, I assume it also has nothing to do with giant towers of beer that you get for very cheap at college bars. No, it unfortunately also has nothing to do with the jazz band Tower of Power. Uh, very unfortunate. Uh, in fact, what it is about is a new lifeguard helps Mitch and the Baywatch lifeguards confront an upsurge in gang activity. So it's oh, definitely not going to be racist. No. And CJ is enamored with a beach magician. They're nearly oh, drowning no. during a bungled underwater stunt. So the IMDb description... Um, I'm looking here. There is a name description and an unknown description, but the unknown or the anonymous description is longer. Sure. Um, but the name description does reveal a character name, which is very funny. Studly right. lifeguard recruit Carlos Baerga impresses Mitch's team, especially Stephanie and Beach Cop Garner, Garner by his zeal and ability to handle. Oh. My fucking lord. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh? By his ability to handle a criminal Latino street gang. Uh-oh. But actually has a family agenda. Meanwhile, I cannot prepare you for this meanwhile. Okay. Meanwhile, the great Maroni, a <laughs> modern Houdini... <laughs> Prepares stunts yes. on the beach and at sea, undaunted by quickly impressed CJ's formalistic objections. What, what the fuck is this next episode? <laughs> I it's Tower of Power, man. Yeah. What what was what else is to be said? Yeah. Um, so truly, probably, uh, exceptionally wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what else is also wild, Morgan? The fact that we managed to rope yet another one of our friends into coming onto this podcast. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Which, Kristen, yeah. thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome. I, I, you, I, knowing you, I assume you don't have anything to plug. Um, but if you do have anything randomly that you do want to plug, now is the time, or forever hold your peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, you caught me. I got nothing to plug. <laughs> wow, do you want to plug us? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the podcast like, sucks so much, I don't even want to plug the podcast I'm on. <laughs> no, no, I, I, for a second, I thought it was a, a, a sexual reference, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want like, to, I, was, go I, I for it. pause there and think for a moment. I'm like, no, that it can weird. be. Um, but anyways, no. In in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, uh, everyone, please. Uh, well, thank you first of all for watching, uh, listening to the podcast, watching. and uh, 
you know, you should keep listening to it if you like what you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coming back. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Kristen, I hope you will come back someday. Absolutely. Or maybe an episode that is potentially less boring and features more, more Hulk Hogan in it. Yes. Uh, well, that's oddly specific. A, <laughs> I wonder why. Wink. Uh, Wink, wink. Um, I wonder why we keep on referencing Hulk Hogan this season. I know. Hmm. It's a real mystery, brother. Real mystery, brother. Um, But I think all that is left to say is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit. S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. And we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Never stops being disgusting. (laughs) It really doesn't. (laughs)